Hey there, horror movie fans. Welcome to another episode of Here's Nini Horror Movie Podcast. Although I may not celebrate Christmas, I know a good holiday horror when I see one. Now, while 1974's Black Christmas may be at the top of my list, and Silent Night, Deadly Night takes the cake for most controversial, today I'm actually going to be discussing this forgotten gem years prior. 1972's Home for the Holidays. Although more of a psychological mystery thriller with a subgenre of horror instead of horror slasher, but for this sake, we will look at it as a whole. Directed by John Luan Moxie, Home for the Holidays is about an old man named Benjamin Morgan who begs his four daughters to come visit him after five years. He has a very strained relationship with his daughters since their mother committed suicide five years prior and they blame him for her death. Benjamin believes his new wife and their stepmother is slowly trying to poison him and he wants the daughters to take her out. And as much as the daughters may have strong resentment towards their father, they still refuse to let him die in such an inhumane manner. And don't get me wrong, he doesn't even try to fake being nice. He even insults them first thing. Now, a common issue among some horror films is that the characters present lack individuality due to mundane personalities. But the acting done by the sisters was superb within their performances, which ultimately saved this made-for-TV movie. Now, a little bit about the sisters. We have Frederica, or Freddy, who is a raging alcoholic and, in all honesty, not playing with a full deck. But Freddy does go on to mention how, you know, her mother should have never died and she never, you know, stopped grieving. But out of everyone, I expected her to raise the most havoc. Then Joanna, who is extremely promiscuous. And we have to remember, this film was made and takes place back in the early 70s. So this was a flaw seen to most eyes. Now, the older sister Alex and the younger sister Christine, played by a young Sally Fields, both of their characters are seen to be at odds with one another. While Alex acts as a leader and tries to maintain this moral compass, even though she has no fear in showing her dad the hate she feels for him, Alex still knows her father is no storyteller and is determined to find the truth. Christine, on the other hand, is very innocent and has this wide-eyed view as she leans more towards the side of the stepmother, who she believes wouldn't hurt a fly. Isn't that right, Norman Bates? I do understand where Christine's coming from since once the girls meet their stepmother, Elizabeth, they believe she's as sweet as can be. But that turns sour real quick. Oh yeah, did I, did I forget to mention that Elizabeth was suspected of poisoning her previous husband? Hmm, too predictable. Throughout the whole film, you really don't know whose side you're on. It's like we're stuck in an Agatha Christie play, and even if you claim a stance, that doubt is still present until the very end. Sometimes it's hard for me to remember that this is a Christmas horror film, since there was minimal holiday atmosphere, and if it wasn't mentioned throughout dialogue several times, I wouldn't have even noticed. 
To make matters worse, that's not even the reason they came together in the first place. Benjamin begged them, and he's rich, which you would think would be motive. You know, once he's dead, we will get his fortunes. But even that plot isn't recognized here. Now, the sisters begin to fall victim to a killer in a yellow raincoat, which was seen earlier that belonged to Elizabeth. As you can see, this was about 20 years before horror movies took a fancy to the yellow raincoat slashers we know today. From Alice Sweet Alice to I Know What You Did Last Summer to the very infamous scene in It, etc. We are midway, and first, Joanna refuses to stay and actually decides to go head back to the station and says goodbye to her sisters before departing. But she does not get very far until she is stabbed in the back with a pitchfork. Then we have a quick honorable mention that goes to Jessica Walters for her portrayal of Freddy, who had the best death scene when she gets blacked out drunk and falls asleep in the bathtub accidental suicide or something more sinister following her death that christmas day you know the sisters find out and try to call the police for help but of course the phone lines are dead and supposedly joanna has the car you know or else this wouldn't be a horror movie guys set up for a perfect storm literally christine alone, decides to try to reach the neighbor's house on the other side of the woods, then realizes she is being followed by the murderer in the yellow slicker, boots, gloves, and all, holding a pitchfork. She manages to lose him and hides. It's now nighttime, and Alex is inside Benjamin's room, spotting Elizabeth walking outside in the yellow slicker. Christine makes it back to the house, covered in mud, and sees the car still inside the barn as she trips over Joanna's body, half buried in the mud. Elizabeth spots Christine, and Christine screams bloody murder when first encountering her since seeing the bodies. As she locks herself in a room, she finds Benjamin dead. Remember, guys, the devil's in the details. And if you pay close attention, you could kind of figure it out at this point. Now, Elizabeth keeps going on about how she wants to escape with Christine. But Christine dips, flagging down a passing car, occupied by Alex. She goes on to tell Alex that Elizabeth has went on a murder spree. But then Alex hits the brakes on the story and realizes it was her wanting to frame Elizabeth. Her reasoning, you may ask, she could never forget the past and decides to erase every part of it. Hence, killing her past completely. Finally, she hits Christine over the head with a tire iron, which sends her down a steep hill because she obviously has to kill her since killers don't know how to shut up and must make it all about them. Ted who was Benjamin's doctor and present throughout the film, but most significant here, arrives at the house while Alex arrives at the police station. The next morning, she takes the cops to the house after telling them about the bloodshed that occurred. They find Christine, but Alex thinks she's dead. 
until she opens her eyes, then just snaps, laughing hysterically and is then dragged away by the police. All while Christine watches, crying from her bedroom, eventually letting Ted take her to the airport, leaving Elizabeth alone to the Morgan farmhouse. Now, final thoughts on the movie. I had never actually heard about this movie until I accidentally found out about it while researching what I was actually going to be talking about today. Now, I didn't go into this movie with very high expectations, and it could have been more effective with light restraint in some performances, with a few flaws present within certain exterior shots, where the vision becomes very blurry, you know, trying to imitate a more winter-esque vibe. But overall, these flaws didn't determine the true fate of the film, since the acting and writing was done very well, especially looking at a holiday horror in this day and age. In the end, a recommended film. Thank you all for listening, and I'll catch you all next year. Ciao now.